On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Career Musician Podcast with creator and host Nomad. With 20 plus years of experience in the music industry, Nomad has done just about everything to earn a living as a career musician. From being music director to celebrity artists, playing iconic arenas and stadiums, composing for film and TV, and even playing your average local club gigs, he's done it all. Nomad's mission is to empower musicians across the globe with strategies for a sustainable career while blasting stereotypes and to bring you tried and true wisdom from his colleagues in this crazy business we call music. Welcome to the Career Musician Podcast with yours truly, Nomad. For my next guest, get ready, Mr. Jack Pyatt of Jam Card fame. If you're not familiar with Jam Card, go check them out. They have an app and they are everywhere on the interwebs. So Jack is a producer, director, writer, poet, musician, and he runs the daily operations over at Jam Card. So as you can see, he is quite the renaissance man. Additionally, if it weren't for Jack, I wouldn't be a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Basically, it's an all-music podcast collective, and Jack is the one that introduced me to everybody over there. So sit back and enjoy this extremely exciting and fun-filled episode of the Career Musician Podcast with yours truly, Nomad, and my good friend, Jack Pyatt. Welcome, Jack Pyatt, to the Career Musician Podcast. Thank you for having me, Nomad. Yeah. We've been talking about this for a long time, so I'm glad we finally figured it out. A long time overdue. Can people hear the clinking? Do they know what's they going sure on here? They sure can. Well, <laughs> libations are a serve. It's a, what they call a wet set on the, in the film world. I like it. A yeah. wet set. Is wet this set. is this a true wet set or are those faux cocktails? Uh, <laughs> taste pretty. Um, well, it's a mm. opposite of faux. <laughs> Real? <laughs> Real? Yeah, I was trying to rhyme. Right, right, right. Oh, oh right. Of course you were, because you're a poet. That's <laughs> true. I am. All right. So first off, tell us Midwest Ohio. How do you say that? You don't say Midwest, do you? You say Ohio. Oh, look, you should have okay. seen his face when I said Midwest. He was like, who the hell is this nomad no, guy? No, no, no. Now, a lot of people consider Ohio the Midwest, and I understand okay. that. But why they think that? Because it's just like uh, from from the west side of Pennsylvania all mm-hmm. the way to Missouri, it's mm-hmm. just like one one extended cornfield. And I understand that. Um, <laughs> they call it a flyover state. One um, but growing up, growing up in Ohio, that is not quite the case. Uh, really, if you look at it geographically, it would be 
um, more like northeast. If you okay. really you, think you, about you, how you split up the country, a lot of times I northeast. think yeah, it's it's east coast because it's on the eastern. Yeah, there's uh, no real coast. Not on the east coast, but, it, but, but I mean right. the eastern time zone. So, yeah, yeah, we're yeah, eastern you know. time zone. So, but if you if you're just looking at it, you know, as a map, it definitely not mid not of Midwest. anything. I agree. Uh, I agree. It's northeast. It would be northeast. It's no different than saying that Georgia is what right. southeast, right? Well, how about it's the left side of northeast? What, stage left? <laughs> um, you know, they call it, the, the motto of Ohio is uh, the heart of it all. It's on the license plate, you know? Really? And it's because if you if you looked at the, the, the nation as mm -hmm. a body, it would be mm -hmm. like where the heart is. Where the heart is. How cute of them to well, do such a thing. Neat. Whoever that's did neat. that, maybe we should write a song with that person but, if they're okay. still alive. Probably well, not. I love it. So we're digging in. I love it. This is perfect. So I met you through Jam Card, which I want to hear about. Sure. But then, uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of things we're going to hear about in this episode with you. It's like a four-hour episode. Exactly. I hope you guys are all buckled in for this. I think you need a, a one before, a 14-hour. So, uh, <laughs> um, so, but then I worked with you as a filmmaker. You were the filmmaker. I was the composer. But then I come to find out you're a poet. And then you tell me that you want to get together and start doing co-writing sessions for songs. So you have a big plate of things that you do. So where do we start? Tell us about the origins of Jack Pyatt, the creative uh, entity. Well, um, <clears throat> origins, they don't even start in Ohio. Um, they start in Florida, weirdly enough, because my parents moved down there. My dad got a job in Florida. They, they had me in Florida and then brought me back to Ohio to raise me. So I kind of, if any Game of Thrones fans out there, I would... I would liken it to uh, being born in King's Landing and then raised in uh, Winterfell. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, uh, which was great. I loved it. All the seasons of Ohio. Um, it's a beautiful state. A uh, lot, lot going on there. And I, I did. I, I, I say often that I, I'm, I'm a boy from the corn. I, I was surrounded. I grew up in the country. I was always surrounded by a sea of corn. Mm. And there's a lot to that. I mean, as a, being a young, a young lad um, hopping over a barbed wire fence and then just making your way out into the country, whether it's the woods or or the corn, I was a very creative kid. And that's um, freeing to be out in those uh, fields with a, no amazing. inhibitions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, also I was a middle middle child, so you know everyone knows all about that. They they <laughs> write books about being a middle child. Um, I could write one. Um, so uh, you know. You, you just have your own thing, you know? You're sure. always doing your own thing. My grandmother was a published poet. She, she was an amazing, oh, wow. amazing woman, Virginia, who memorized all of her poetry. So I would be sitting on her front porch and she would literally just be spilling poetry to me. And I'm a poet who've written, I've written th literally thousands of poems, thousands wow. of poems easily in my life. I I may be able to recite one or two of them to you. And that that's mm. just amazing that she was able to do that. Mm -hmm. That's just the way her brain worked. She was so creative. Um and there's definitely some creative people in my family. My father, even though you know he um he worked in a factory most of his life, just could back back in those days, you know, in the in the seventies and on, you, you had to, to support your family. Yeah. You work in a factory, you know. There's no money being a painter, but he was an amazing painter. He could paint anything. You sure. know? My brother and sister got that gene and they can both paint. Uh, and uh, and draw like and, artist, and, artistic paintings. Yeah, and draw. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah, they could, they could not they just can, painting a wall. <laughs> no, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I had an Creative uncle who's painting. a painter, like you know, <laughs> right, a, right, a right. can of beer and rolling yeah. paint on the wall. <laughs> Different. Yeah. Uh, no, yeah. they could literally draw anything. My dad, Incredible. especially, he was he was amazing. 
Um, and I just, I didn't get it. Like if you, well, my, you ha- you my got niece, different my niece, when she was like one of my, either of my nieces when they were four could draw better than me now. You know what I mean? I just don't have that ability. But it just came in a different form. It came in you. a different form. Yeah. My art is different. I, you know, I also love photography. I studied a lot of photography in college and, um, just love, you know, the, that to me, everything is poetry. Mm. That literally, uh, so I said literally marks, way too many times in this right. podcast. Right? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna. Walk. They're like, he's a writer. Um, I uh, I'm not a speaker. Okay, po- a poetry started it all. It did. It's, it stems I, from there. Being a little kid writing poetry, I don't even think it was my grandmother that sparked it. Like, oh, I'm gonna write a poem because my grandmother did. Mm-hmm. I just had to. Mm. It just was coming out of me. I I still have the first little blue. It's kind of like a sky blue notebook that has a, the big spiral on it. And oh, it's yeah. probably like a five by seven. So it's not a full size notebook, but I still have that in a bin mm-hmm. with all the first poems. Mm-hmm. I remember like one of them's called Dream Girl. And, you know, I was like, here I am. I'm like, you know, six or seven writing about Dream Girl. You know, I remember being oh, that's cool. in second grade and falling in love with a girl wow. to the point I like cried cried myself to sleep one night because I was so in love. <laughs> I don't even know how that works. <laughs> you know, like right. when, when you're in second grade, what what are you doing? Right, you know, like why but are I don't you in even love? <laughs> I don't even know how you can recollect that. That's incredible. Oh, dude, you know, as you have quite way, the memory. Then. Oh, I mean, the stories that you know, I just especially from the past, um, I, I can go there. I, yeah. I'm there. Yeah. Being on a bike at ten years old out out in the country, Grubbs Rex Road outside of Arcanum, Ohio, I, I'm there. I could be on that bike right now. Mm. You know, sunset coming down. You can just see the horizon. Um, it's really amazing. So all of that built into being a young, young man who was just completely creative, but also read everything my dad would read. So here I am like seven, eight years old going to my dad's bookshelf and literally picking out what he read and reading it and trying to. So when I was, when I was in junior high, I, my reading level was off the charts. I mean, my teachers were like, what's going on here? Um, because I just read everything I could get my hands on, you know? And I think that helped me, obviously, as a writer, because the more you read, the better writer you are, mm-hmm. you know. And mm-hmm. uh, but I was just inspired by everything as a kid. I was just uh, blown away by life, and I still am. Obviously, life punches you a lot, mm-hmm. you know, in between you know ten and forty-three. Um, but uh, you know, thirty-three years later, I still have a bit of positivity about me. Um, <laughs> poems are you a little do. darker. You're, you're, but you're very, you're very a positive person, and you have a great positive energy about you. Um, I definitely like that and appreciate that. Yeah, I, appreciate I think that. Uh, to me, and I don't know you that well, but we, we've hung out a couple of times and we've yeah. created uh, art together yep. um, and we've created uh, drinks together and stuff, you know, <laughs> but, um, Simsies. but the, 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 right. The, the thing that I get from you, very positive, optimistic person. Yeah. Uh, you know, I tend to have the pessimistic uh, <laughs> uh, arc in me by designs a little bit more, but I, I'm working on that. I think, I think it's important to have some positivity, no matter mm-hmm. no matter what age we are, and no matter how many punches life has given yeah, you. Yeah, no, that's true. So you know, I, I commend you for your. Well, I mean, you come across as a very positive guy too. I wouldn't Thank spend you. any time with. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about choosing, you know, who you want to spend that's your time right. with. But, I agree. And who you want to work with. But I, I love working with you, man. You make me smile. Yeah. You always got a big smile on your face. Vice versa. I, I would look. We all have the pain that life presents to yes, us and enhance to us, and that we drag around with us. 
<clears throat> not saying that I haven't spent a Saturday afternoon somewhere like, you know, Molly Malone's listening to a, an hour worth of some really sad songs of the jukebox with a right. with a pint and a shot. <laughs> right, you know? right, right. Uh, it's not that I don't get sad and I don't have all that pain. Sure. Um, you know, life can be tough, but I just, I, at the end of the day or beginning of the day or somewhere in the middle, yeah. and that, man, there's got to be something worth smiling about here. That's and, right. So a lot, honestly, I mean, my new poetry book is going to come out probably in the next couple of weeks. It's called Notes from My Phone. I love that. And, and what happened Great with that title. is, what ha- yeah, well, well, it's true to form because what happened is, is that um, my first book was kind of like a self-published thing that was called Inevitable Conclusion. I just kind of got it out of me and um, and uh, did a limited print on it. Um, and then I've been working on this other book called Love in Microwaves. It's a longer form uh, book Neat. for a couple years now, but I got... Well, actually, a couple years, years now. And um, I just got really busy, you know, which of we're going to go into with yeah, Jam yeah, Card yeah. and all of that and my film career. And um, so it kind of took a back seat. And what, what I realized was for a while, I was kind of complaining to close friends like, man, I'm not, I'm not really writing like I should be. Mm. And when I'm not, and you know this as an artist, and, and by the way, Woo. to anyone listening, uh, I'm a big fan of this guy. And oh, I'm a big fan of awesome. his wife. Um, and they, they just blow me away. They're really just so creative and, and so, so talented and we'll get back to that because once we talk about Thank our you. film that we did together you yeah. are yeah. you are something man i can't wait to keep working with you Amen. but to Thank go back you. to the book the reason why it's called notes from my phone is because what i realized was i didn't stop writing through all of this what was mm. happening was due to our glorious technology is that i was writing these poems in my phone in the notepad in my phone and what i realized when i really got to digging and i counted there was like almost 300 poems in my phone. Wow. Yeah. More minimal, not, not, not a lot of long form. You know, when you're, when you're minimal, you're looking at anywhere from a line to, you know, maybe four lines, you know, that's like a minimal poem. It's very, very hot right now, by the way, you can look up on Instagram and some, there are poets on Instagram right now with millions of followers, right? It's crazy. Oh, and they're very wow. minimal. It's like a sentence or two sentences. I was catchy. not privy to this. Okay. Oh, thank you for bringing it to my attention. It's, it's totally a thing. I'll share some with you. Okay. Uh, and there's some really amazing, fantastic poets, uh, you know, on out there and, and using social media as their platform. Beautiful. And some of them are getting published through this, right? Wow. I, I looked, uh, I was at a bookstore, I don't know, a while ago, and I realized that out of the top 20 bestsellers, two of the bestsellers in the world were poetry books. Now, that's quite uh, that's fascinating. Astounding. Yes. And, uh, it's fascinating, astounding, and also very motivating for someone like me. Who, Absolutely. At the end of the day, what I was going, saying earlier is that everything's poetry to me. So photography mm. is just another way to write. And turn, come to find out that uh, photography is a French word that means writing with light. Wow. Well, that's blew my that. mind when I heard that. You know, I'm like, really? You know? Wow. I was actually with Henry Diltz. He's a famous um, uh, rock photographer. He, he's the guy who shot the famous Morrison Hotel uh, album cover oh, for The wow. Doors, right? So I was, I was working on a uh, a film I'm producing right now, some legendary session. Which session I can't guys. wait to talk about. We're yeah. going to talk about that, well, Next. Yeah, yeah. Boy, this is a wild interview. Yeah. Uh, little plant seeds, you know, mm-hmm. we'll at least some bread cr- <laughs> breadcrumbs so we can come back to them. But um, but I was hanging with him because he was shooting mm-hmm. uh, the guys for, for this um, documentary at Jackson Brown Studio. And we were just hanging out and taking photos together and just kind of getting to know each other. He's a super sweet guy. And I told him that about writing with light. He had never heard it. And he was just like blown away. Like all these years, you know, it was really cool. Great moment. But yeah, so 
yeah, notes from my phone. Um, it so, really is just a, all about you know me writing in the moment. It's so it's right. all very raw and real. Which know? is so uh, apropos for today's day and age. We all write notes in our phone, sure, for whatever it is, a grocery list or poetry, yeah, or whatever we're, we're whatever we're getting off our mind. A poetic literally. grocery list. <laughs> Hey, yeah, I want to see that book. <laughs> so, but you no, mentioned you something already. I'm looking at, I'm on your IMDb page and you, mm-hmm. and, and already we go into Jack Pyatt uh, and right away, grew up outside Dayton and uh, content, head of content for Jam Card and, and it talks about your poetry. Oh, right I need here. to update this. <laughs> you need to update it. But, yeah. so, but you mentioned your first book. What was that? Oh, the first poetry book I kind yes. of self It was called Inevitable Conclusion. You can't Inevit- get anywhere. I took it away. Okay, you can't get anywhere. Okay. No, I, okay. I, I, it's one of those things where it was more for friends and family and all that. Um, okay. Maybe down the road I can like reissue, You'll reissue part of it or something. But okay. really, because it I, does come up when you Google you. It's under Lulu Inevitable oh, Conclusion. Oh, I didn't. I didn't take it down. Uh, Holy uh, crap! It says ebook. Yeah. Man, everything lives. I have a Isn't MySpace account right? out there floating around <laughs> yeah. too. Boy, there's some funny photos in there. <laughs> click so anyway, that. Hey, click just, that real quick. Let's see what happens here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that was kind of cool. Actually. Right, that's not. So yeah. uh, where was it? Uh, right here. Right, yeah, sorry, I, so I know, just I literally Google Google yourself, but I guess I got to Google myself now and find yeah, out what's going on. I just put in Jack Pyatt poet. Holy that's shit, that's it's there. there. It you can buy it for four ninety nine. There you go. Well, don't. Uh, <laughs> okay, get out of here. Let's. Okay. Hey, okay. everybody, just you didn't hear any of okay, that. Okay, but hold on, but hold on. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be harnessing you a lot because I love your your frenetic energy. It's awesome. Yeah, check it. You take photos on Instagram all, pretty much every day. Yeah. Where I don't know the correct term for them, but it's 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 uh it's portrait like where you 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 get really close up to one object. Mm-hmm. So that object is in direct focus, but then you're really aiming at the objects behind it. That's what you're trying to mm-hmm. imbue to the to the uh, viewer, I believe. Sometimes, yeah. What style do you call that? <laughs> I mean, for me, I, I just, I, um, even when I was in uh, photography classes in college, when I was in grad school, I was taking, I was taking like high level um, photography classes, one with a Pulitzer Prize, Pulitzer Prize winning uh, wow. photographer as, a, as an instructor, just because I love photography. Incredible. I was taking photo classes when I was um, <clears throat> in high school and learning how to develop my own film and all that. But I've, I've been taking photos ever since I was a kid. Remember those wind them up? Sure. You know, you go on love vacation, them. you have the love little wind them yes. up things. I was laying under flowers and shooting up and yeah, taking these see? wild. They're perspective photos. I, perspective. I think for me, they're they're very what people, some people call it artsy or or whatever. But it's all about angles. Uh, with me. they're fucking cool, bro. Well, I appreciate so, that. So yeah. really, and I the reason why I mentioned it is because you had one for the inevitable poetry book. You had one similar I took that, to that. Yeah. Um, I, I figured you did. <laughs> you know, those photos go are paired perfectly with your poetry, I'm guessing. So yeah. I haven't read your poetry in detail. I've yeah. read what you've posted thus far. Yeah. You post little blurbs yeah, here every and there. Every once in a while, a little teaser. Yeah. yeah. So I, anyway, I just wanted to say kudos to you. Great work yeah, thank on you, the man. perspective shots and yeah. the poetry, you know. Yeah, I'm I, down the road. I'm, I'm working on a, uh, <clears throat> a f- photography book that I actually told Henry Jessel about. And um, I told him the title. I'm not going to tell you because it's not out yet. Good. Um, but uh, I'll tell you after. Yeah, of you course. Know, we, don't the, wanna, the, we don't want to spoil the, the people. Yeah. Um, but uh, he he loved the the concept of it. But eventually, yeah, I would like to release a poetry uh, a poetry and photography 
collab. That's what I'm kind of getting at here. It seems like it. Yeah. I used to do a lot of blogs, um, you know, back in the day where um, I would always have a photo paired with a poem or a a column. Yeah. Because back when I was in college, my original, after I got out of the military, I went to, um, I went to uh, undergrad at Southern Illinois University and I was Mm. in the school of journalism there. Mm. And um, so my first degree is in journalism and I used to write for you know a local newspaper, and I was a, it ended up being an entertainment editor. But I would also have this column that I would write a weekly column with my picture in it, and it was called Pietology. It was the study of my way of thinking. How you neat know? is that? But I had a lot of readers and a lot of people. Well, it, it now was, you now you're adding philosophy, your own brand of oh, philosophy. Yeah. I love well, it. Pretty much a lot about what I write, and I'm oh, writing a novel cool. now. It's very philosophical. Um, a lot of my poetry has a very philosophical bend, nice. but that just comes from a lot of my personal belief systems where I've kind of, I'm a very well-traveled person, very mm-hmm. cultured person from growing up in, um, you know, this very rural environment where, as we know, mm. t- in today's, you know, climate, mm-hmm. uh, culture climate, can be very, uh, very much a bubble, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, when you ha- when you live out here in a very liberal in Los um, Angeles, environment, right. They tend to look at the flyover states as like, oh, you know, everybody's in a bubble. They don't understand. They're called and, flyover for a reason. Well, right, <laughs> yeah. but 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 right. the, but the, that that's where I think it gets divisive. Is is that yeah. you know, there's I a agree. lot of amazing people. Well, you know, as a world touring traveling, um, you know, uh, guitar player for career musician, career. Yeah. Hey, there you go, career, <laughs> career musician. Um, you understand. You've been of to course. these places. You've been to where I'm from. You've yeah. played in Dayton, Ohio. I guarantee you have. Oh yeah. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, even outside of you know Dayton, Ohio, or any of these places, um, and I've I've lived everywhere in the military. I traveled all over, mm. um, and, and I've been all over the world, and I've and I've experienced a lot of things. Um, and what I realize is is that you can't just write anybody off, and you can't right. you can't just put people into these big you know. Um, segments like that and just write them off even though yeah there's a lot of what i would call ignorant people in the world on both sides Mm -hmm. that um are just you know they're just not um they are not open to getting more information and that's that's what i think has been a great thing for a kid-minded yeah well, that was a that yeah. was a nice way of saying close minded. Yeah. <laughs> like here's the here's the here's the New Yorker. Yeah, like, New Yorker comes out. New Yorker's like close minded. Yeah, you're fucking close minded. Not you, but I'm yeah, saying no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, I know yeah, what you're yeah. saying. But yeah. I, I don't want to get political. Yeah. All I'm no, saying no, 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 is, no. I come from a lo- I, I come from a place of love. Obviously, I'm a very open minded. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to call it liberal, fine. But I I call it just being like somebody who wants to learn. I want to know about people. I want to find a way to communicate with everybody, you Let's know, just call it open, willing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. Just being, and I, yeah. I think there's a path to all that, you know, so brilliant. a lot of my philosophy ties into, um, finding a path for mm. the world. Mm. Um, and I want to write about this, you know, and I, I do, I have a screenplay that I wrote, um, that, uh, you know, I'm finishing the last polish on it now. And uh, I'm hoping to get that out into the world. And it's, it's all about, you know, just kind of a, a, a step into higher higher consciousness, you know, mm. global awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we're covering a lot. Anybody who's no, still good. listening, you're like, what is going yeah. on? I swear I've only <laughs> taken two sips two of this sips drink. Of, of your, this is the way my brain works. Of your so. Irish mule, yeah, yeah. My Irish mule, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Lola. Lola, um, that's right, the lovely Lola. Um, but anyway, at the end of the day, I'm passionate about create, anything creative. I, I love it. Anything I love creative. your passion. I love it. Okay, so so w- right there, we've covered it. That's a great introductory landing pad. I love it. So can we talk about 
again, we work together professionally on this film. Can you talk about the film you're currently working on first? I want to hear sure. all about that. I think, I think what we should do is start with, um, real quick, you know, I, I ended up in L.A. because I early... Yes, thank I was, you. I was supposed to... How did you to, get out here? Yeah, yeah well, yeah, there yeah, you go, yeah. 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 Thread, it, thread it this way is that I was supposed to be playing college football um, when I graduated high school, had a scholarship... Division two. Don't don't get excited. I'm not a, I'm not cool, and I'm not a jock either. I had long hair in high school. I was a, yeah. Yeah, but you're a big um, dude. You have a big frame. Yeah, nice yeah. Frame. I mean, I'm like six four. Could, yeah, you know, all you that. Could, all that. Jazz. You could do some um, damage on the field. I'm sure. Yeah, they they saw they saw an opportunity to put some <clears throat> meat on my bones and use me as a tackling dummy. Mm -hmm. Let's just be honest. <laughs> um, so um, I wasn't ready for all that, and mm -hmm. I just went out and I didn't do that, and I just went and had some fun with a buddy. Okay. What's up, Jason? If you're still out there. <laughs> um, and his 77 green, forest green Camaro, we, we took some road trips. Nice. But um, it ended up with uh, us both joining the military. I, I went my path, he went his path. I was a paratrooper, did a bunch of stuff. Um, well, hold on, hold on. You can't just say, I was a paratrooper. career musician, man. We well, got to talk about music. Of all, hold on a minute. Jimi Hendrix was a paratrooper. This is true. Okay. So when you, 183rd. Third Airborne? And what were you? Yeah. I was 82nd. Well, yeah. okay, okay. So you can't just say... I was a paratrooper. You can't just blow over that. First of all, you jumped out of freaking airplanes. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> with weapons in your hand. Well, I mean, they weren't. They, were they, were they were strapped to me. But. I mean, damn, bro. <laughs> I was actually, weirdly enough, uh, in a special ops unit that jumped Stinger missiles at airplanes. We were the okay. number one jumper. Holy um, cow. I yeah, mean, a lot of injuries. A uh, lot of injuries. Really? Oh, yeah. What's that? Okay, hold, like, seriously, hold the mm -hmm. phone because that's, 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 that's intense. Not the average human does this on no, a daily no. basis. So forget musician or whatever. Yeah, no, that's true. Talk a, not, a not, smidge not only, about that. Not only so I many mean, people in the world have ever done it. It's, right. It's, I didn't know I was doing that, by the way. I, I knew I was going to be airborne. It was very clear to the recruiter that I wanted to do that. Okay, and yeah, you're signing up, fun. and then what happens from sign up to the moment <sighs> well, where they're pushing you out of your first plane? Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new Factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Well, it turns out that if you're over six foot two or something like that, six foot one or six foot two, you get to jump the stinger missile. So I'm like, oh, oh so because kind of, of the heavy load that you have well, to Well, you got to be a certain height because they strap oh. it to you. So it's, it's a really weird thing. 
Um, so how you know, big is the missile that they strapped to you? Well, I mean, it's a Stinger missile, so you can look it up. But I mean, they're they're really they're really long. I mean, this is something wow. it's shoulder fired. It's a it's a shoulder fired weapon, but it's also um, something that can be fired outside of an Avenger system, which I was trained on both. So if you look those up, if you're into that kind of thing. Stinger by the way, I I have a tattoo. I'll show you. Oh wow! Well, look there's my that. first airborne tattoo. That they I had to get that when I was in the military. You, know, you don't have to get it, but you kind of do. That's you know kind of I mean? like a rite of passage. So it just says airborne with a little wing on the A, but. Above that, I added this later, and that is Ooh, the paratrooper. Yeah, I have a peace sign on the. No, hold on. Let's get a photo. I'll attach it to all of. Oh, dude, pockets. I haven't been working out. What are you doing? No, it's okay. It's just gonna, they're just gonna see skin. I'm not gonna get the whole thing. I'm gonna get the photo. It's, I mean, the actual tattoo itself, because that would be a great pairing yeah. for all of your, um, you know. Uh, no, that's cool, man. Posts yeah. on, online. Yeah, uh, man, that is, that's so cool. I love this because you flipped it. You put a peace sign. Well, because I didn't join the military to go kill people. That's I just, right. I just wanted to get out of Ohio. Right. And I wanted some excitement, you know. So and, you're uh, jumping out of planes now. You didn't realize it. You're doing the Stinger missiles. Well, I mean, I knew I was going to be jumping out of planes. I didn't realize I was going to be jumping Stinger missiles out of planes. But, you wow. know, hey, it, it, it happens. Okay. <laughs> In that scenario. Okay. So I, I just had to, you know, can you tell us real quick? Yeah. Surmise that. What is it like? I'm going to join the military because I want adventure. I'm going to jump out of airplanes but then I'm going to have these giant missiles strapped to me. I mean, because I have a fear of heights. I'm, mm. I'm, I was just talking to my dentist's assistant today. I had to get some dental work done. I'm going and tomorrow. she's like, oh, see, and she's <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I just jumped out of an airplane with my boyfriend. I'm like, how did you guys do that? Why did you do it? What, like, what gives you that desire? I'm fascinated by it mm -hmm. because I'm the opposite. I don't want to jump out of an airplane. Right. Most so, people don't. <laughs> so tell us about that a little bit. Well, I mean, for me, I, I what they, some, some scientists say is uh, people like myself who have ADHD uh -huh. um, are missing a fear chip, you know? So, well, that's um, pretty cool. Well, I mean, I, I did a lot of research on, <clears throat> you know, ADHD. And what I realized is, is that this is not a new phenomenon. You know, a lot of, a lot of people will try to say, oh, this is, you know, they don't get it. They don't, they don't buy into it. But the truth is, if you really research the science of it, this is, this goes back you know, ancient times. And that was, is that there's something in the brain. It's a chemical kind of wiring, or it's a, it's a wiring. Maybe it involves some chemicals, but there's definitely about how your brain is wired. And that back in the hunter gatherer, you know, era, mm -hmm. um, the, the people that were out throwing the spears at the mammoths yeah. were wired differently than the people who were not, who were you know, the, 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 the explorers, stuff, the people yeah. who went out, you know, right. and were finding new territories and sailing all over the world obviously not wired the same, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, and basically they're, they're, um, what, what, what those researchers were trying to say is, is that, Hey, our belief is that, you know, nature has made people this way because mm -hmm. nature needed people this way. It's, it's another adaptation. Mm -hmm. Polar bears didn't used to be white, so you cool. know? So right. I, I, I believe because of that their environment, yeah. they have to, evolve, so if you take right? a person like me, who has this thing that can be very de debilitating? Um, it could if if you're in the wrong environment, mm. right? Uh, it could be very challenging, and it is every day. Okay. But if you put me in a in a uh, area where I can thrive, mm. it's it's like a superpower. Uh, there's right? no ceiling. There's no ceiling. Yeah, you so, can just skyrocket. So it, it's pretty amazing. So pardon the pun. But. So when I was in the military, I I there they wanted go. me to stay forever. They okay. offered me everything because I. 
Okay. Not only was I athletic, but I just was built for it. Right? Thank you for breaking that down for us. Yeah. Seriously. And then also, when you t- when you apply that to creativity, if you put oh. me in a room... Again, there's no ceiling. No ceiling. Yeah. But the minute you put me in a nine-to-five scenario, or you oh, put me in a classroom environment it. to where I, I'm... It, it, it's rough. Man. It squelches all of how your creative. I, how I went to grad school is beyond me. Huh. You know what I mean? But okay, well, see, so that statement alone. See, most people would say how I jumped out of airplanes with missiles on my back is beyond <laughs> me. How I went to grad school is is is, right, is but wonderful. Flip it. I but you just why. flipped it, and it's, so that's but that's so intriguing. Our brains are built and unique. That's brilliant. Yeah. But thank you for breaking it down for me because yeah. I was curious. No, it's a but weird. Thing. I think that's yeah. really cool because again, you are. So, I mean, wholly unique just in that right there. (laughs) And I'm sure there's, like you said, there's a percentage of people of the population that have this. Yeah, it's it's lower. But but I'm not one of them. So, of course, I find it fascinating. Sure. I find myself fascinating quite often. (laughs) I'm like, what is going on here? Now, Jack, stop touching yourself. He's (laughs) rubbing his shoulder. I'm actually rubbing my elbow right now because I feel like there's some dry skin. I'm just teasing. But um, okay, so I didn't mean to sidetrack you, but I really wanted to get down to the the nitty gritty of that. That's really cool. All right, so so you did that in the military, and we were talking about how you came out west eventually. Well, basically, you and your buddy I Jason. Up, I, ended up, I ended up. There's some things in between, but I ended up going to um, uh, undergrad for journalism. Long story short, there was a, there was a you know a major in there for advertising marketing, and I ended up taking a job at the Denver Post, and I was in a very you told suit and tie kind of world where that's right. Uh, I'm driving into Denver every day and I got my suit and tie on and I'm working with, you know, the, the, the owners of companies and, and I'm selling, you know, advertising and I'm building, you know, these marketing plans and all this. And you were Don Draper. It, yeah. There was a, <laughs> there was cool. a time that it was in, in that world, you know? Yeah. Um, and it just hit me one day. I'm like, this is not me. Not this you. is not who I am. And, huh. and if I would have stayed in that company, I would probably be, you know, I would, I would never have to work again. You know, like that was a oh, long time ago. So, wow. I mean, I, it was a really good gig, you know, mm. I just, and I'm sure there's plenty of people, especially for this podcast who understand what I'm saying. Of course. We're creatives. We're, that's We're right. built a certain way. That's right. You know, and, um, I just couldn't do it. So one day I just quit. I, I'll never forget that moment when I walked in and I, and I quit and then mm. they brought in like every vice president, hopefully they're <laughs> one of those guys are listening. <laughs> hey, whatever. To try to convince yeah. you. <laughs> no, they were like, Feeling my forehead kind of thing. Like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like you're a young man. You're like our number one recruit. What are you doing? You know, like, did you, I remember one guy jokingly was like, did you kill somebody? It was like, I'm like, are you asking that? Cause you're, you're like going to fix it. Like what the fuck? What are you the fixer? Johnny, by the way, shout out to Johnny, Johnny, Uh, Johnny, Johnny Chang, Johnny Chang, Johnny Chang is, uh, is, is an old intern for, he's not old. He's a young guy, um, for jam card who will talk, we will talk about jam card soon. Uh, he was an original intern for, for Jamcard, uh, mm-hmm. came through us through my friend, good friend, Kimmy, and, uh, now has been, um, you know, passed on to, uh, Nomad and he's killing it. He's crushing and it. It's good to see you, buddy. Hey, and, and by the way, I love Kimmy too. She's a sweetheart. Kimmy is amazing. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. You I, know st- I still want to do a project oh, yeah, with yeah, her. It's coming. Whether it's, it's coming. that one or another one, I don't care. Kimmy, we're, we're going to send this to you just so you know that we love we're you. We're doing a project. Uh, we love coming. you. We, yes. we know what's going on. It's just going to happen. And Johnny's going to be there too. And Johnny's going to be there too. Of course. Hold on, let me wave the Giants, take a photo of me. Right, quick. Okay, great. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
Anyway, long so they're feeling your forehead. What's wrong with you, son? Yeah, no, totally. You're gonna quit? Uh, no, they they were just like, no, you, you basically can't do that. this. You know, we're they brought in all the firepower. They spent sure. a lot of money on me. I sure. get it. I get How it. I apologize. Circa I was 20... I was 27. Okay, so because I was a little older, graduating college because the military. But that's the yeah. ripe age for a, a yeah. burgeoning career to really take off. Well, yeah. here's what's funny is is that I quit and then went up and stayed with a buddy and um, right outside Aspen, Colorado. Yeah, and just worked with him and hung out and like he he did. Um, his, his name was uh, Chad and we would install these like theater systems in like Oprah's house and things mm. like that in Aspen. And, and I played on Kevin Costner's softball team. He never showed up, but, nice. but it was his team. Oh, uh, cool. it, it was just like a few months of just like taking that break sure. and keep in mind. I mean, I was regimented from, you know, think about us as children. Mm. We go to school the, the minute oh, we yeah. can Absolutely. really talk, you of know, course. and you're in school until you're 18 years old. It's and then for time. me, I went right to the military mm. for the Still most part. Regimented. And then right it and then right into college. Oh, more so, regimen. Yeah. yeah, man. So by the time I was 27, I'm like, man, I just want to like just take a break. Chill. So I did. I went back to Ohio and I wrote my first poetry book. And I got and I took uh. a job with the least amount of responsibility I could think of. I was a waiter. Beautiful. In Colum- outside Columbus, Ohio. And I did it on purpose. I was like, I just want to wait tables and I want to write poetry. And, and I did it. And then after about a nine months of that, can I say something? I went, yeah, of course. The Fountainhead comes to mind. Ayn Rand, mm. the Russian philosopher, the Fountainhead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's that yeah. whole premise of take a mindless job if you have to, mm-hmm. so that way you can devote your soul and spirit and focus 100%. to your craft, to your art. It's true, and I did that, and I needed that. Yeah. It was very important for me. And then I respect I, that, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, it was an interesting story, and thank you. Um, how that all played out, but um, a lot of drinking involved too. Partying with my, <laughs> with my buds, Mark and uh, and John. Shout out to my boys uh, and my brother. Um, so anyway, that all led to. And we can't leave out Kevin, who, who moved out here with me. <laughs> Why am I doing shout outs on a podcast? Uh, that's <laughs> the way my awesome. brain works, folks. Okay, I love people. All right, so Eat a vegetable. Long, long. <laughs> yeah, I'm an onion. Um, I ended up, you know, on a whim, saying, "Hey, all right, it's time." Um, you know, like pushing 28 and <laughs> pushing 28. Boy, <laughs> if only I could be pushing 28, knocking on that door right now. Amen. Come in. Um, I uh, decided, okay, I want to go to LA. This is where I've been to LA before, but never to live. And I'm like, this is it. You know, I remember my mom saying something like she was surprised. She remember, I remember her telling me, I'm surprised you're not living in LA with how creative you are. Mm. Why are you not there? I remember her telling me that one day and she was right. Um, and so I just literally packed a bag and talked to a couple of buddies into moving to LA. We had nothing. Moved to LA, came right over here to Burbank at, uh, one of these hotels over here. I think it was the, uh, Dude, red, or not the red safari room, inn. No, it was like, uh, one of the, you know, chains. It was like, Oh, the red, Golden Inn the or the red, yeah, the yeah. red one. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, stayed there for like a week till we found a house in Glendale and then moved into Glendale. And for the first couple months that I was out here, a few months, I was working, I was cleaning lawns in Riverside. I, some some guy, I can't remember his name, he had a beat-up white van, would pick me up in Glendale. I'd answer to uh, an ad in the newspaper. Yeah. And I would go work my ass off in Riverside, like yeah. cleaning dirt lawns, by the way. There's no grass in Riverside. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, fixing toilets, whatever, wow. yeah. to, for cash, because I, I needed a job. And then, <clears throat> long story short, that all led to um, me finally being like, hey, I need to, you know, I came out here to be a screenwriter and mm. an actor. I never really wanted to be an actor, but my my manager at the time talked me into it, and I did do some stuff. But um, and I'm terrible at it. So if you ever watch anything, p- 
please go ahead and make fun of me because it's awful. You know, you would be really great if the director understood your DNA <laughs> yeah. and let you loose on screen. Mm. Gave you the premise of the scene. Yeah. Okay. And said, Jack, here's the premise. Here's what we're, what we're hoping for. <laughs> Okay. Now here's your other your co you know your co actors. Okay, uh, let go. Just let you loose. Yeah. Just go for let it. Me loose. You know, I uh, think that would be fantastic. I wish somebody would let me loose in like a factory of like a big warehouse of whiteboards. Oh, that I dream about that too. You see the yeah. whiteboard right behind me. No, I, I know, love. I, I love whiteboard. That's my guitar book. That ah. I'm writing. It looks like a big schematic of an algebraic equation. Equation. By the way, we live eight minutes away from each other, and Yo, we talked about this. Why this needs to happen more often. Why aren't like we a, hanging out one, more often? One. Well, you're busy. I'm busy, but yeah, that's but gonna stop now. Stop it. That's okay. bullshit. Once a week, we're gonna have once a creative a session in here. Yeah, you know, you all heard it. I'm putting this on happen. you, bro. There's no, many come times. On, I'm eight minutes. Ma- I'm putting this on you. There's many oh. times I reach out. Hey, what do you? How about? <laughs> oh yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm headed to Paris because I'm doing this. Oh, now I'm at the Oscars because I'm doing this. Okay. Oh, now I gotta go do this. Oh, now I gotta <laughs> go build uh, a bridge for the Pope. Oh, now I'm. You okay. know, it's like wow. really. First you, of the, all, by the way, just so y'all know, <laughs> this is Nomad um, being very. Um, free with his uh uh <laughs> none well, of that's true i'm at, I'm at the um, grammys i'm grammys with lady gaga i'm basically Didn't holding her. her hair while she takes a drink you know whatever it is i mean I don't remember any of that yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah um well so so long story short is is that i needed a night job because i yeah. i um i got signed to this little uh, management company that was managing me as a writer as a screenwriter oh neat and, okay, uh, so now things start to like yeah, get, get but, good. Yeah, yeah. There was some really the cool stuff going on. Juicy. So there were really good opportunities yeah. back yeah. then. And um, uh, so I needed a night job, right? Okay. So because I was taking some, I was going on, you know, I was I was doing some acting and I was um, mm-hmm. I was writing and all that. So long story short, I ended up taking a job as a security guard at a nightclub in Hollywood. Um, this is cool. and this is where it you all really. This is where it all this. happens. I mean, yeah. this is this is the kind of the crux of the story is that I. <clears throat> went from, you know, one night a week as a security guard to two nights a week to five nights a week to end up becoming a promoter, to becoming the promotions manager, to eventually becoming the general manager. You're running the And joint. running running the Literally. entire multifunctional facility, which was a restaurant, screening facility, and a nightclub. Mm. And um, it turned into be like, it just was the bridge. And from that, I met so many people mm. um, and it, I ended up making it to, at one point, I had seven nights a week of live music, you know, mm. at least five. I mean, there would be times where mm-hmm. um, I would switch out some, you know, kind of dance clubs into it. But we had Steve Aoki's, oh, right. um, Tim Mac Studios, mm. and, you know, any given Tuesday, I, it, it's so fascinating to be like, hey, here's DJ AM on my front lounge DJ board, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in the back, you got Steve Aoki DJing, and then wow. Kanye West rapping off the front lounge. In the wow. back, you could have Lady Gaga, Daft Punk, you name it. See? This stuff's happening on a weekly lying. basis. And then Wednesday, you weren't. Uh, Wednesday nights was a R&B Live, and we had some of the best and biggest R&B stars anywhere from Eddie Murphy to uh, Jamie Foxx to Neo, mm-hmm. on and on and on. You name it, they came through. Um, so you know Brian Collier. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I know him through Jam Card, though. Okay. Um, and, um, and then... Um, Sunday night is how I met Elmo, the CEO mm. of Jamcard. He ran a night called Camerata, which is the Latin for when art and music come together. Right. And it was like live painters painting to live music. And it was oh, very eclectic neat. and that all kind of broke a lot of bands like Neon Trees and Rival Sons and all Christina Perry. How cool. Um, and uh, anyway, all of that led to 
um, me finally getting burnt out in the Hollywood scene. I could write a book about my time running a nightclub. Oh boy. Um, so <laughs> I can't I went, wait to I went, read that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, we should down have the a line. Drink. Yeah. yeah, yeah, down yeah, the line. yeah. Um, but so, um, yeah, all that. So this to, nightclub, this led to, it led to a, me leaving because I got burnt out running a nightclub right. working 80, I can understand hours a week that. and all that. Uh, uh, and I went back to, to Southern Illinois and went to grad school for civic communications. I've always wow. had a very philanthropic kind of viewpoint in my life. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to work with, I, I always have worked with nonprofits, mm-hmm. everything from participant media, the Save My Oceans tour. You shared that with me as well. Yeah. yeah so I've yeah, done a yeah. lot of work in that. So what it's I brilliant. went to grad school for was running campaigns for nonprofits. And I thought that's what I was going to mm-hmm. do. And then I started teaching in college and all that led to a needing a summer job. And I ended up, um, taking a job. That's in my Missouri. dog. Oh, that's your dog. Yeah, yeah. Hi, dog. Rosie. Um, Ro- what's up, Rosie? Uh-huh. Um, that all led to me taking a summer job, uh, thinking I was going to come back and teach the following semester. Mm-hmm. Um, when a little movie called Gone Girl mm-hmm. in the art department, and basically that was a three month adventure that I, I'll never forget. The friendships that I forged there. One of my best friends on the planet, Adam, I met on on that movie, um, and many others. And um, I, long story short, it brought me back to LA, and um, and and fully into film. Wow! And I had already worked a lot in film at that point, but at this point, I was starting to work on high level stuff like you know, Gone Girl and um, Hail Caesar with the Coen Brothers, and wow. um, you know, uh, the cool. interview, you know, and uh-huh. and. Uh, you know, things like that. So, um, so I did that and I, I, I kind of started really working in the art department as a production designer, uh, art, uh, art director, set decorator on indie stuff. Sure. And then on the big stuff, just assisting and learning from the best of the best, like Jess Concher and David, um, and, uh-huh. uh, and Don Burt and people like that. Right. And, um, so I was about to join the local 44 as a set decorator. Cause I was on a film that flipped called making babies. Just check it out. It's on Amazon. It's fun. <laughs> um, check out my garage design, uh, for my little brewery in the garage. Um, and, um, Essentially, at this point, I, w- I was already working again with Elmo on doing some content for a little company called Jam Card, which, so Elmo and I, like I said, we met 12 years before uh, at Cinespace, the uh, nightclub, ah. and and uh, back then I was I was signing his paychecks, you know, as, <laughs> as his boss. I, I still sign my own now, but uh, he's still he's still the boss because I'm I'm the director of operations. That's um, cool. But and uh, you guys make a great team, by no, the way. No, no, dude, Elmo, Elmo is like, he's hilarious. You guys literally, it's like a natural born uh, partnership. Seriously, talk about ADHD. Wow, you know, <laughs> and he's a drummer. One of my favorite drummers on the planet, by the way, if not my favorite drummer, if you've ever seen Elmo Lovano drum. Well, here's why, though. Because, you know, a lot of drummers, and I've seen everybody, from Royster to Bruner to to, uh, Caliuta, all of them, right? But Elmo has something quite special that's hard to really define, and that is is that he, he can play all these different types of genres, mm-hmm. but there's a way he does. It's hard to explain until well, you he, watch him do it, man. Yeah, he brings it. There's something special quite special to it. Spirit. And then many, many nights, I mean, him and I have been friends for 12 years. There, mm-hmm. Many, many nights I've been in like his drum cave and just seen some special things happen there, Sure, you know? Um, but, but he's an insane drummer and anybody who's ever seen him drum knows that. Um, and he's drums for some really big names, but beyond all that, he, he, while I was in grad school, went on tour with Christina Perry, who, mm-hmm. by the way, that all happened through our nightclub. She was coming, though, just oh. as a patron. She was working at the Cafe 101. 
uh, as a waitress and coming in as a patron and a friend uh, to to uh, Cinespace. And then at some point had went to Elmo and said, hey, look, I got an opportunity to record this album. You want to help? He did. It, they blew up. Jar Hearts, all that. They went on tour. He was her MD mm-hmm. uh, and drummer for years on the road. And that really kind of kicked off you know, that level of career for him. And while this is happening, he's like trying to solve this problem of the music industry. Now, here we are really talking about the career musician. Hopefully, if anyone's still listening, <laughs> they're like, finally, something about music. I didn't know this was, did not know this was a poetry podcast. Stay focused, stay focused, keep going. Hey, but we're having fun. Okay. Hopefully somebody's yeah. laughing. Anyway, so he's trying to solve this problem that right. he's seeing, he's recognizing out on the road, you know? Which is? Which is, is that, wow, this is a disjointed, mm, very disjointed, industry. very dysfunctional industry. Yes. By the way, coming from the film world, now working in the music industry, mm-hmm. wow, <laughs> is it dysfunctional. Thank you very much, oh, Jack. My goodness. Hence the, the career musician. I agree. I couldn't yeah. agree more. Jeez. So, so the shit is dysfunctional, oh, it's like bad. beyond. Yeah. It's bad. Like in the yeah. film world, of course, in any industry, there are there is dif- dysfunction, right? Mm-hmm. Without a doubt. But man, I've never seen anything like it in the music world. It's bad, man. It's bad. So he's seeing this and he's a Leo, dude. He's a Leo. You've met him. You know, oh, I love Elmo. Elmo. He's great. Yeah, Johnny, you know, Elmo. we're going to get him on the podcast. Dude, no, we're, we'll get Eventually, him in here. We're going to, no, we're going to sure. drag him in here. I will, have to. I will schedule it and just pull yeah. him in here. I'll love tell him it. we're going to Starbucks or something. He'll love it. Come. Love it. Love and he'll be like, Oh, oh. well, here's a coffee. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, <laughs> and talk. He loves talking. He, loves, oh, nah, he doesn't drink. He's not a big drinker. He's not a drinker. Here's a coffee and here's a microphone to talk. He likes microphones. He likes drums and he likes coffee. Um, so anyway, Here's a guy that, you know, and him and I, obviously, both high-energy dudes. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, Which brings in Christian, our third partner at Jam Card. Uh, the three guys who built, I mean, we got to, we, we, it goes way back now. I mean, this has been years in the making, but but um, Christian's a Libra, okay? Mm-hmm. If anybody's into this kind of stuff. Now we're talking about, there's somebody's listening, like, wow, now we're talking about astrology. It's okay. But um, uh, we've got uh, Elmo's a Leo. So he's a fire sign. He's a Fully passionate. Boom, you let's are. go. I'm Sagittarius. Mm. So watch out. So I'm the creative fire sign, mm. you know? And then you've got uh, uh, Christian, Christian who is the Libra. the Libra. He's just like the very chill. He's very chill, Christian. He's the very I love that. Me, yeah. me, you know, but he's an amazing guitar player. Mm-hmm. Wonderful friend of mine. And uh, him and I have already, you know, we've we've written a really cool song together. Well, we're we'll going to be writing more. To do more. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, we've yeah. got to get Christian in here, too. But yeah. that's a whole other story there. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short is that we have this company that is is kind of built with a ton of energy between Elmo and I, and then Christian is a nice balance for us. Mm. And it's been the three of us just kind of building this thing out as a startup. Um, you know, um, I, love I don't it. know, it's been fuck, four years now or something like that. It's been a while. I love it. But it all started with Elmo trying to figure out um, how to modernize the, uh, you know, the music industry and solve some problems for the music industry. One of which is is just building a community that's actually a true community. Right. And if we've done anything at all, that's what we've done. You have done We've that. built a community and you're in it. I concur. And um, you're, concur. you're one of our favorite members, but so essentially just oh, so everybody say knows- say that to all of us. No, <laughs> I'm Sagittarius. I don't lie. Um, very, I, I, I know the taste of my shoe better than you do, but. Um, but uh, so, um, so how about this? I, I got an idea. Um, you're a member of Jamcard. Mm. Why don't you tell me what Jamcard is? Okay. That's and, then, and, then I'll, and then I'll go from there. So the first thing, um, and here's, here's the irony. I met Elmo 
can't recall off the top of my head, but I met him. We exchanged information, brought him here to the studio, to Nomad's place here in Burbank. Oh, yeah, I remember this. He sat at this very table. We had a 90-minute discussion. I didn't record it like a dummy. <laughs> You've done this before, by the way. <laughs> yeah, You've told like, me this before. I was like, what a jerk I am. You did Why that with Nathan East, and, then, yeah, and you exactly. ended up re-recording. Re so I was like, so oh my it. gosh, what's my problem? So, that, but, but then this is before the career musician really took hold. But anyway, mm -hmm. so Elmo and I connected, and because I was enamored with what he had done, I said, listen, bro, this is exactly what the, the musician community needs. So what I see Jamplay, uh, Jamcard as, sorry, Jamplay is another company that, that does online lessons. But Jamcard, um, what I see you guys as is a camaraderie uh, development center, if you will, or development uh, um, experience, right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, and, you know, I think it's really cool because it is breaking down barriers of a lot of times musicians whether it's due to insecurities or not having enough work to pay the bills or uh fear or whatever it might be a lot of times they have chips on their shoulders mm -hmm. so they walk around like oh I'm, I'm the best you can't tell me nothing or see that uh, a lot you know you see that yeah. a lot in the music yeah. community and i think jam card really has worked tirelessly to break that down yeah. and say, you know what, guys and gals, people and everybody, we're all in this together. Let's all get together once a week, once a month, whatever it is, whenever you have your events, and let's all love one another, encourage one another, let's jam, yeah. let's have a good time, and that's what I see. And then it develops into this whole networking thing. And mm -hmm. then now, obviously, now I was a little jealous because I never got to be on how I got the gig. Uh, what's the, the, oh, the show? Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, our series, How I Got the Gig. How I Got the Gig. And I kept saying to Elmo and you a couple times, <laughs> I want to be on How I Got the Gig. But anyway, uh, hey, which yeah. I think was brilliant. I mm -hmm. think you guys at one point, you had what, five or six or seven different uh, video series in production. We have, we have about five. Yeah, you. Yeah. And at one point, they were all going at the same time. I believe. Yeah. You were telling me like, wow, talking about an overwhelming production schedule. Yeah, that you was know. back before I really got it. You know, heavily involved in the operations. You know, um, Dar Darian, who was originally working with uh, with Elmo and Jamcard in the original beta mm -hmm. version of it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's completely. I mean, it's not completely changed, but it's it's a lot different now. Mm -hmm. um, but um, she's a big part of the Jamcard family and she had twins and oh, um and then she got busy well she had already With, had a, she had already had a toddler then oh had boy. twins and then since then is had another baby um oh, so she's and, super busy. yeah so she's super busy yeah. uh she's still on our board she's amazing um right. but uh but what happened was is at that time i was mostly just doing content producing content and i was still working in the film world and uh um there was a excuse me there was a uh, this ginger beer um there was a <laughs> there was a uh i'm gonna top you uh, off yeah okay can i okay uh, good, yeah. sure there um, was a what dario there was, was yeah yeah so there was a scenario where there was a need at a startup where it's like hey look you know elmo needed somebody to operationally um kind of take the lead on like okay we got to keep building this company you mm -hmm. know it's early stages mm -hmm. so we talked about it, and I and I I told him I said, man, I'm I'm down to do this. I, I believe in what we're doing. I believe in what you're doing. Okay. And uh, I want I want to do this. And I was like, look, give me a chance, um, and I'll do it. And yeah. um, uh, so I took on you know head of operations, and from that it's you know when you're a startup, man, everybody has like ten jobs. You know, of course. it's like you remember you remember um, Saturday Night Live. Was it no? It was um, what was the one with uh, 
and living color where the oh, jamaican yeah. said was like i got 16 jobs but <laughs> that's what it feels like in a startup yeah i'm not only am i the head of content the director of operations I'm, right. a, I'm also the head of biz dev yeah, yeah. i do i do yeah. everything so yeah, johnny can attest he's seen me at work yeah you know? but elmo i feel has, like elmo that, has, as a musician I elmo think has 10 jobs christian oh, has course, 10 jobs of course we of course. all do what we got to do yeah you know yeah, and yeah. uh so it's, it's all good but really once i started getting in operations you know um then you know things really fill out and so the content you know, there's still a content schedule, but it wasn't as heavy then. Mm-hmm. Um, because back when I was cranking out those series, mm-hmm. I, that was really kind of my lane, you know? Uh, so we had gear goggles and, gear and, goggles, and that's yeah, one. that's a good yeah, one. Yeah. Um, how I got the gig, a, a yeah. thing I came up with called scoped and, um, um, uh, the jam jam series, you the know, jam that, jam is a killer, couple, yeah. but you know, we were using content as our market. We didn't have any money, you know? Right. So uh, content was our marketing arm, you yeah. know? And it worked. It and, and it was all, you know, a lot of it was built around our, our event that you referenced, yeah. which is called the Jam Jam. The and Jam Jam It started brilliant. off, the Jam Jam started off as this kind of like, you know, in the circle, a uh, backline all in a circle, all the musicians facing each other, playing uh-huh. and just like vibing. And it's yeah. all just very um, collaborative. And there's, it's, it's not even... Um, it's it's live, so it's not you know coerced or, or rehearsed. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah, like yeah, yeah. jam fest, right? No, it's not disingenuous. This we used to have a house up in the hills, which yeah. I've been to. Yeah, yeah. We I think that was the first time. Sorry, no, no that's the first time I met pro- you guys. It was that was the first. I time. went to one of those events. Yeah, you we went to yes. the jam. So we were doing the jam jam um, in this house up in the Hollywood Hills, which Brilliant. was also Elmo lived there. It was our office. Yep. You know, at this point I had sold my car so I could pay my rent and I was Ubering up to this house. Like this is the startup story, sure. you know? And, uh, so we're having this, like, we have like 162 to, I don't know why I said two, 162 yeah. people, 162.5, like 190 people packed Crammed into this house. In, I remember. And with then the out in the yard. yard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with yeah, beautiful yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. doing this jam jam thing, which now has developed into our signature event where our last one was at NAM, the big music convention right. and with, with Fender as our partner. And it's like crazy 1500 people and the best musicians on the planet all, you know, so it's, it's, it's pretty wild what's developed. We've done since, you know, since the beginning of it, we've done Robin Thicke, we've done George Clinton, Ice Cube, Anderson Pack, Quincy uh, Jones, Quincy Jones, Jacob Collier, Judith Hill, Lauren Haragi. I mean, it's nuts what we, how this all, but what's wild is the reason it worked so well is because Elmo and I had the experience of running live events together. Mm. We had that. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, uh, oh yeah. 
And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. So he could go and curate and be the MD and curate the music knowing full well he's got a GM yeah. running the event for him. It seems you know? like you guys say the word and 30,000 people show up. It's crazy. Well, it's a lot. I mean, it's um, crazy. So with, with Christian and Elmo. You guys have magical music, superhero powers. Well, it's, what, what it is is like, if you ever read the book um, Tipping Point? Yeah, of course. Malcolm Gladwell, of course, right? Of course, Gladwell. It, it's, it's, it's in that vein where yeah. it's like, once you've tapped into something that's real, when yeah. people get a whiff of that, it, mm-hmm. it's there's no denying it. And so what people, the reason why when we send out an invite to the Jam Jam, within 30 minutes, not even, sometimes five minutes, we're at capacity. Of course. And the reason that is, is because what we built is a very authentic scenario where the top players in the world, literally, including yourself, walk into that door, it's an invite only, um, open bar uh, and uh, sorry, I love it. <laughs> your Johnny laugh. Oh, hold on. Hey, as long as you can get the intern to laugh, you're doing okay. <laughs> Johnny's man. not the intern; he's the engineer. Sorry, hey. sorry. Hey, sorry. <laughs> I apologize. You, you came up in the world. So, hey, I, I have two words: Glenfiddich. <laughs> okay. Hey, I haven't even taken a sip off the second one yet. Take a sip. Um, so. People like yourself walk in the door. Yeah. You leave your ego out oh, on the you street. Have to, yeah, absolutely. And you walk in and then you're in a room. And you chillax. There's 600 people surrounding this yeah. circle. And in that circle, you'll look and you'll see Anderson Pac yeah. or Flea yeah. or whoever. Greg look, Greg Fillingates. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Watching. Chilling. Not even playing. Hanging. You know? It, it's, it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Mm-hmm. And it, it has been um, such an, uh, an honor and humbling experience to build this company with my brothers. And, and more than that is to become friends with the community, man. Right. To, to meet all of you, you know? Mm. To, to meet mm. these people who have been in the industry for so long and right. fighting the fights that you fight. Right. I love your band. I mean, you know, with, with, with your guys like Reg and all those guys, yeah. you know, but these bands, you see these bands, like we have all these amazing bands from Babyface's band to Beyonce's band to um, Kendrick's band and on and on and on. And I haven't even talked about the app and, and mm-hmm. what Jam Card really is, is, is this is community, but it's built around an app and inside the app is it's an invite only um, community where People like Nomad um, and myself convene inside this world where they can communicate with each other, they can book each other, they can collaborate, um, they can just say hi. You know, mm-hmm. there's an mm-hmm. Instagram feed in there that that just people are just talking about their day. It's just like That's it's right. it's a protected place for the best of the best to be like, look, I'm not getting hit up, I'm not being bothered, I'm just I'm just like 
you know, Existing, connecting, connecting yeah. with my fellow brethren, sistren of, that's probably not a word, with uh, Shakespeare made up words. He made up assassin uh, mm-hmm. and others. Um, but not that, that's not a plug for me being Shakespeare, but um, <laughs> ADHD once again, <laughs> yeah, not Glenn Fitted. Um, so in the app, you're being the yourself, app, it's you're a, connecting. There's amazing, there's amazing there's stuff no going agenda. on inside the app. But there's no also, hidden agenda. What we do as a service is we get people gigs. We put, we put, um, we put people together, you know, mm-hmm. so if a record label reaches out to us, by the way, inside the app, there are no record labels. There are no, there right. are no agencies. You guys are protected. I love that. Yeah. I love so it's that. a situation where if somebody comes to us and says, Hey, we, we need a band for Zed at the American music awards. Mm-hmm. We build that, yeah, you know, gotcha. um, and, and much more. I mean, there's so much detail to it, but, uh, and there's a lot more exciting things going on with jam car. We're going to be, uh, releasing a lot of really cool new things. We just, uh, release jam card music which is a kind of a collective label where we're going to be putting out just you know live, about... live from the jam jam our first album uh release was just wow. last week with terrace martin i saw that and and kamasi washington i was going to ask about the label oh, so, good. so the label yeah. arm uh so it's primarily focusing on the live jam jam recordings is that correct yeah currently it is going to be a rollout of live performances from the jam jam got it um and then later sure we, we may open it up to submissions uh from our members and on okay. but uh, right now you know we like i said we're still after all these years and with all the great collaborations i mean quincy jones is one of our investors we I have see that. amazing investors we have amazing advisors um we're really, you know, we're really growing as a company. We have amazing partners like Fender, like Remo, like Roland, mm. um, other really amazing partners. Uh, Distro Kid, you know, love Distro Kid. Um, Distro Kid's amazing. For, Phil for Kaplan's one of our investors. He's an amazing, amazing man. He's the CEO. Um, he's the CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. founder. Brooklyn, um, great guy. Brooklyn guy. Yeah, yeah. And, a, and a drummer. Um, but you know, we've we what we have built relationships with the core of the industry and that is the tech companies the the gear companies the key people behind it all so jam card is not just about an artist it's about mm-hmm. the lighting tech it's about mm-hmm. the sound engineer it's about right. it's about the videographer who does it at a professional level so if anybody and it happens to me all the time i was at nam and i had several people come up to me and be like okay you're with jam card somebody pointed me out you know right and then <clears throat> hey you're with jam card how, i'm an artist how do i get on jam card yeah and, and the answer is if you're listening to this and you're not on jam card and you thank you i wanted to address that Great. tell us tell us well what happens is is that there's a vetting process and you should apply um and there's an application process you can go to jamcard.com you can apply and and what i would suggest to you and by the way don't hit me up on, on instagram or no, whatever no, no, and try no, no, no. To, no i mean the truth is, is what happens is i even though in my position in this company i don't get you in that's not what i do there's right. a system for all this you're head of and, operations yeah, not yeah, curating yeah, yeah. your members yeah yeah that's not what i do um and and there's not just one person who does it it's there's a system involved and, it, and it's to protect people like you know that's Matt. Right. and that is is that it should be something to celebrate the people who have built what they built, went through what they went through to become at your level, you know, to get to your level. And then also it should be an encouragement and and a kind of a call to action to people who want to get to your level. Mm. You want to join Jam Card, here's the path. And a lot of, a lot of times it comes down to touring credits, session work, that Mm. kind of thing. Um, You know, every once in a while there's an exception made to level of talent that's undeniable, Mm. but it really comes down to this simply. Can you work professionally in the industry? If I was to start a company right now, 
And the company was called Carpenter Card. And all I did was put the best carpenters on the planet in this in this community. Mm-hmm. My quite and, and they were only hired by billionaires to build out like insane architectural, right, like right. genius buildings. And you were a carpenter. Can you get hired in that community? Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's what's happening. You here have to that, vet them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So the question is, is that if you want to be in Jam Card. Can you work in that community? If Beyonce wants to hire you to put you in her band or in her entourage or whatever, are you at that level? Right. That's the question. And it, this is not about being exclusive in, in, a, in a bad way. It's, it's, this is just, this mm. is all about protecting and being a service to people who are, happen to be professional music people. Uh, so That's it's not right. about being like, you know, Raya or whatever in the dating world where it's like, oh, we're too cool for, you know, whatever. Mm. I mean, this isn't about that. It's a celebration of excellence. That's what it is. That is a great tagline, a celebration of excellence. That, that's exactly what Jam Card is. It. And so anyone looking to get in that, you know, um, hasn't got in and want to get in, I'd say just wait a little while, keep practicing, um, keep playing, keep working. Keep building um, your resume. Keep, bu- keep building your resume and reapply. Mm. And then be very open to asking, just send an email and, and say, hey, would you tell me why? I'm not getting in, you know, because somebody from our team will give you that answer and we'll say, Hey, you know what, this is what you need to work on, you you know, but this is, this is what this is all about. And we take that very seriously, you know, I love that. Um, but we, our socials are all built for not only the fans, but it's also built for the music pro as well. It's like, so if you're watching our Instagram or you're watching our YouTube page or anything like that, uh, you could be a fan of Nomad or Babyface mm-hmm. or someone like that. So you're watching our socials. You're watching Kendrick's, you know, drummer, mm-hmm. you know, play on one of our, our on our videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of his following just wants to figure out how to play like that. Rico, right. you know, so Rico right. Nichols is putting on an Instagram post and he's got a bunch of aspiring drummers saying, I want to be like Rico, sure. you know, and, and that's what Jam Card's about, celebrating those people who are leaders and to their community, mm-hmm. to their social page, and saying, hey, look, you can be like me. Here's what you got to do to be that way. You know? You're listening to the Career Musician Podcast by Nomad. Add the Career Musician to your playlist on Spotify. I'm Jack Pyatt, and you're listening to the Career Musician with my good old pal, Nomad. So we're, we are very inclusive in that way. There, there's just a lot of things that uh, you know we're up to. I we we care a lot about flipping the music industry on its head in a good way, mm. and, and that is is that there's a lot of crap going on. Mm-hmm. And we want to fix it, and we're already working on that right I now. Like we that. you know Elmo's out working right now with the um, with senators and. Congress people on, you know, adapting AB5 because we oh, know that that's a, you know, I very filled well. it out twice, this, the survey yeah, that you guys sent right. for AB5. Yeah. Talk about that. And, uh, you know, for those who don't know, AB5, uh, basically out here in the state of California, has grouped independent contracting musicians uh, into this lump sum of all quote-unquote independent contractors. So I think they were really going after the Uber and Lyft yeah. type uh, positions. Yeah. And they're saying if you are an independent contractor now, what happens? Well, I mean, I, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not the, the best person to ask all these questions, but I, from my limited understanding of it is that 
um, the original bill was, sorry, let me get a little closer here. What's up? Mm -hmm. Um, the original bill was written, um, in, in direct, um, connection to the Uber drivers and people in, in, in that world. Um, lumped in were the musicians. Right. But it, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't you know? fit. Um, so it's a rooster in the hen house. And uh, I don't know, is that a thing? Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> so, so basically they're saying in order to work as an independent contractor, you can no longer work on a 1099 basis. It has to be uh, W-4, which means that all of your taxes must be taken out by the state and the employer. Which now puts you in a position because the people that you work for don't want to hire you as right. actual yeah. staff. Of they course. want you to continue as in to as 99. an independent yeah. contractor. They don't want to be liable for you. They don't want to have to pay um uh, what do you call it? uh 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 benefits yeah, and benefits. whatnot. Yeah, payrolls. So what that. happens is a lot of the club owners who are hiring musicians are saying, you know what? So sorry, I cannot be um, liable for you, so therefore I cannot hire you. Yeah, it, it just doesn't fit. At the end of the day, um, I mean, everything you just said, I can't 100% verify what you said, but it sounds right, right. Um, from what I'm hearing, because Elmo is really the one leading the charge on going out and working on this issue uh, while I'm working on you know the things that I'm building for the company. But my limited understanding of it is that, yes, it just doesn't fit um, the bill for musicians. It, it obviously is an issue. Right. Uh, it's going to create major issues. So I, I believe that they're trying to ad- ad- adapt the language to where it makes better sense for musicians. What I do know is that um, the people behind it have been willing to hear us out. Um, mm-hmm. And there's been some teams with Elmo going and leading the charge on that, talking them and educating them on what you know what the musician side is and like hey why this isn't a good fit um so um yeah we'll see we'll keep our eye on that see how that's going to go but obviously that's a big one you know it's It's a a big one and for me you know i'm 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 really starting to get into songwriting and you know that's something that you know could affect me as a songwriter you know for you i mean you're you're an actual artist that's out playing that's a huge dent in what you do well, you know? well, now I've I've transitioned. I'm doing more writing and composing and producing. So Good. now I'm in the studio. Together. Yeah. So it's still it's still, but it still it affects us as independent contractors in any capacity. Yeah. It affects us. Yep. So all right, moving on. Thank you for the illustrative uh, jam jam card explanation. I really sure. appreciate that. No, and if anybody, the and by the way, if anyone you can find, yeah, anybody wants to. Um, know more about Jamcard. Jamcard.com. Um, uh-huh. Go to Jamcard at, you know, uh, at Jamcard at Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, all the Facebook, same Facebook, all Twitter, all that. YouTube, but I, I would yeah. say Instagram is probably our, is our fun zone. Is you know, hub, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm just saying that because it's the only social media I have. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I uh, can't get in the drama of it all, all the rest of it. I can do one. And, and because I love photography so much. Well, because it's so, you know, it, it demands time. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, of sure. each, each platform yeah. has its own. You know. But Jamcard has them all. Yeah, that's um, right. And uh, so you can go to any of those and check us out. YouTube, we got a lot of really great content. There's yes, some really cool stuff you should check out. You do. Uh, one of my favorite jam jams is the Corey Henry jam jam. Oh, yeah. um, man, boy, is that good. Go check it out. And if you, you find yourself out here in Los Angeles, go ahead and log on, figure out when the next Jam Jam is. Or if you're in New York, Nashville, Atlanta, uh, True. Uh, you know, so find out what the schedule, attend one of the Jam sessions, the Jam card, uh, what do you, the Jam, jam Jams. Jam. Yeah. yeah. Attend one of the Jam Jams. You will be blown away. Definitely blown away. 
without a doubt, that's one of the things in my life that I can guarantee. I don't love uh, that. I can't guarantee many things, but shifting, I can guarantee that. <laughs> shifting gears. Um, <laughs> so now I want to know about this film that you're producing. Well, first of well, all, you and I worked on a film. You were uh, uh, producing, directing, and, and you did this documentary for this beautiful, sweet man named Lolo, oh, who lives on Catalina Island. Who has also confused me thoroughly every time I would talk about your wife, Lola. Lola. This has made it diff Lola, difficult. Right. I always want to call her Lolo. I'm like, damn it. So um, Lolo is this awesome barber. He lives on Catalina Island out here in Los Angeles. You know, he's he's a barber for for decades, and uh, he's pretty. He's fifty plus years. Yeah, fifty plus years. He's yeah. like, I think he's ninety. Is that right? He just or, turned ninety. So he just turned ninety. Yeah. So you you how this all happened was is that for years now I've been affiliated with Catalina Island because mm. back when I was solely working in film, my friend Allison and I were working on a TV show called. No Tomorrow it was a CBS gotcha. show. I think it got canceled after one year, or excuse me, one season. But um, her and I stayed friends, and her and her husband have a- What sweethearts they are. Oh love them. Yeah. They, they are lovely, lovely folk. Mm -hmm. By the way, I just beat them in the Oscar pool. Boom, boom. <laughs> Let's go. That's two out of three, baby. Um, Parasite took me home. I was mm. the only person, other than one other person who had no chance of winning, to pick Parasite. Thank you. I'd like to say a uh, shout out to South Korea. And, and, <laughs> and also as a filmmaker, how exciting is that to see a South Korean film be the first film to ever win Best Foreign, and now it's International Film, which is a great change. Mm. Best International Film and Best Picture, mm. Best Director, Best Script. Jesus. And best if you everything. haven't seen the film, by the I way. I have not seen it. It's amazing. Parasite? Oh, God. It's phenomenal. Check it and out. It, okay. And fully deserving of winning that award. Anyway, um, so um, Allison, Allison um, and Nick do these stories. They have a company called StoryBank Productions, and they tell stories about uh, people's – a lot of times uh, they tell a family story for them. You know, they'll go in and film it and all that. So they had they had a relationship with Catalina Island, which, you know, I am – as you now are, uh, boy. I love mean, that place. I, I, am, I, I am enamored with that island. So, I love when you post pictures, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah, I love it, yeah. So they they brought me in um, a long time ago to just kind of help out as a crew member on some of these kind of Kim Bernsey-style docs on the museum, Catalina Island Museum, um, are making these historical-type documents, or excuse me, documentaries, where they're telling the story of, of the island and the people affiliated with the island and who built the island. And um, so I worked on a couple of those, one on uh, Doug Bombard and one on Roy Rose, as a kind of a crew member and everything, man, I was, I was, you know, doing everything from running sound to running a camera to just kind of weighing in, you know, with some producery type, you know, um, mm -hmm. uh, sentiments. Uh, but essentially they came to me with this opportunity and said, Hey, look, the next one's going to be about this guy named Lolo Saldana, who was the barber mm -hmm. on the Island for 50 plus years, but he's about to turn 90, mm -hmm. um, you know, in like six months, this Sweetheart. was at that time. And he's this guy yeah. was born on the island. Yeah. And other than being in the military and going to college, he's lived on the island for almost 90 years. And the one barber on the island. And, you know, that, there's like hairdressers and stuff. But this is the barber for the island. Think about that. This, so this is the Facebook of the island. This is <laughs> where you get your information. Excuse me, that's right. right? So once I kind of looked into it a little bit, I went to them and I said, hey, you know, I want to direct this one. And I, I've director experience it. You know, I, I've, I've directed quite a few things and, um, you know, I, I tend to only direct things for the most part that either I write or I'm just kind of close to, I'm not trying to be 
you know, the next that makes sense um, in a retour or anything like that. Right, I, that makes you know, sense. But but I I like totally I like to direct fair. things that I feel tied to. You know, right. and um, you have your hand in it from the inception through. Yeah, the, yeah. The, you know, the, I just the, kind of like end, yeah. I, and I I enjoy directing. I, I think it's a lot of fun and uh, it's a lot of work. And and I've also experienced in my life that it um, sometimes if you are not fully able to commit as a director, then you hurt the project, and mm. which is why I remove myself quite often these days from being a director because that's not what you want to do. Uh, but in this case, it was something I was willing to do. Um, you know, obviously at this point I'm well into jam cards. So it was something I did on the weekends. You know, I went, we went and filmed <laughs> over the weekend. Nomad and I, you know, um, you know, communicated over weekends. Uh, I said with the editor on the weekends, that kind of thing. But what a great trip we had. Too. Yeah, man. So, so basically what it turned out to be is that I wanted to say, Hey, I don't want to do a Ken Burnsy style documentary on this. Um, I don't want to just be talking heads. I want to make a cinematic kind of little film and really tell this guy's story and be a little more artsy with it. And uh, so we brought in my buddy Josh, and I brought in uh, my buddy Simon uh, to edit it. Josh shot it um, and uh, shot out the optics. Um, and um, Nomad, I brought in to score the film. And man, did you, <laughs> God bless you. Thank you. You, you, not that I'm religious. That was a blast. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> um, I, you know, Nomad. Is now my new guy, man, when it comes to scoring films. Did he take that into his loving arms and create such a, such a, an amazing little score for this film that turned mm. out to be almost a 40-minute film? Right. Um, and it was a contender. And, and you the wrote, Catalina can, you play the, can you play the theme song real quick? I, I can't. Do I can, it, please. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote the theme song for the film. Like, let's, let's, let's what a blast. What a blast. Yeah, yeah, well, keep on. talking while I pull it up. Uh, well, so while he's pulling this stall, up. Stall, stall, stall. We, we went, we went <laughs> and uh, obviously I don't have a problem talking. Um, we... Uh, we went and filmed this really beautiful film, and God, that, that that guy, if you ever get a chance to go to Catalina, go to Lolo's Barbershop and just oh, poke yeah. your head in and say hi. Oh, you will never yeah. meet a more inspiring guy. This what guy a, brings tears oh, to my eyes. He makes me smile. He's such a beautiful a little man. sweetheart of a person. So right? it turns out after all of this, what happened was we ended up getting submitted into the Catalina Film Festival right. and, and, and got in. And then, and then we were actually we were able to screen our film at the casino, which is That's the big, right. if you've ever been to Catalina, the big, the big circular, the big yeah. circular building, the mm -hmm. reason they call it a casino, by the way, and you learned this is that, right. um, before Vegas, um, mm -hmm. way before Vegas, this, this, this place was built like 1917, 1918. Right. Yeah. So this is way before Vegas. Um, casino is an Italian world for, uh, excuse me, Italian, Italian, word. Italian, <laughs> Italian word, for gathering place, uh -huh. which is why they named the casinos casinos in Vegas as well. But anyway, so that's why it was called casino. There's no gambling at the casino in in Avalon, in Avalon Catalina. Catalina um, but inside the casino great. is something very special, and that is oh. a 1,200 seat theater, oh, the theater, which is, oh. by the way, the first theater to ever play <laughs> a motion picture with sound, and that is unbelievable. Really? That yeah. you didn't tell me. Whoops. So wow. I thought I thought you heard that. So, so we screened at the place that was the first the very first theater ever to have sound. Wow. Ever on the planet. Wow. And here's the Lolo theme and song. Speaking of which, and then after that, I'm going to tell you how no, Nomad met his idol Alan Alda, who Alan uh, who ah! watched who watched. You remember? Yeah, of course, I remember. <laughs> who watched our film? Who watched our film? What's up, Mash? Yeah, Hawkeye. Mash. Alan Alda. What a great time that was. 
so this is Nomad starting the the, the film and wrote this. But Lolo is uh, you know f- uh, from you know Latin culture, you know, right. and um, so. Uh, no Originally, uh, Lo, uh, Lolo's family, uh, excuse me, Mexican descent. Right, so and, not Latin, they're Hispanic. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, but you, you, you also have. Well, my father's there. being from Cuba. He's yeah, from right. Cuba, and it's, and my mom's Italian. But anyway, but uh, I started the song off. I had this little riff, do ba do da, that what you heard in the beginning. Yeah. And of all things, I played it on a charango, which is South American. Oh by wow, the way. I love it. Nice. It's a South. It's a charango hanging yeah. up on my wall yeah. over there here yeah, in Nomad's yeah. place. You show me. And it was just like when the groove kicks in right here. Here we go. Lolo. Yes. <laughs> God, it's so good, man. This could be like an airplane commercial, you know, like an I airline agree. commercial. Yes. Kind of just want to go to Lolo. I shouldn't be singing. But. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> but I'm so anyway, it. well, thank you for making me call that up. But that was a lot of fun. And so fun. His family, his brothers, everything. Everybody was there on the island. His grandchildren, his you know, uh, his children. What a good time. It, it was amazing, and what an experience. So Nomad and I were were invited to go out. Um, to the, the Catalina Film yeah. Fest and yeah. festival, and we we got to walk the red carpet together with the producers, and we got to go watch our film. Yeah, in this historic theater, it has to be the most historic theater because outside of being the first theater ever made, this is the one that ever you know played sound. Incredible. So uh, how what an amazing experience, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what an amazing night, fun night. Um, mm-hmm. So now we have a, another one coming up. Um, oh yeah! Soon, I, I'm working it out. I'll let you know. Is but it still um, February. Well, we're no, in February. no, no, no. It's not going to work. And no, yeah, yeah. we we got to reschedule just based on. But our our this time it's it's about these three ladies who are in their 90s. Another and, cool yeah, story. And uh, Nomad will also be uh, you know scoring that film with us, and I'll keep you posted on. Of it, I, it looks like it's probably going to be March now when we okay. go to do it. But um, well, you know, Lola's my wife, Lola. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- her grandfather just passed, mm. and he was almost 90. He would have been ninety. In, in, in well, hey, let's cheers before. to her yeah, grandpa. Yeah, cheers to to Grandpa Vern. Grandpa Vern, salute. Yeah, salute. absolutely. Yes, La Brute. American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals: fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. I like that. Um, so this story that you're talking about with these three women from Catalina Island mm-hmm. who are in their 90s yeah. uh, really resonates with me. I played at Grandpa Vern's funeral. I played guitar. Oh, wow. And I was a pole bearer. You know, oh, wow. The- yeah. And it just hit me all of a sudden that mortality mm. is real. Oh yeah. Like you don't realize. Okay, so you don't realize it. So anybody who's listening in their teens and their twenties, you literally think you're never gonna die. 
you just don't realize that death is something that we all face. Until you get in your 40s. Okay, and then the 30s come, and you think, oh, death, yeah, Still good. Still it's going to happen, but it's so far away. I, I'm, it's not going to happen to me, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens, Jack, when we get into our 40s? You and I both know. Well, things get real. You know, and you realize... You start losing a lot of people, and, whole, and that's what does it. Holy crikeys, Batman. Yeah. This shit is real. Yeah. And when you start losing some friends and colleagues and people that have been in your circle, your your microcosm, and then you you're like... your father, and, oh, and I have to take that moment to, to shout see, out to my dad, who, by the way, um, God, I wish he could be witnessing some of the stuff mm. that's going on right now. I miss you, dad. Um, I'm but so th- sorry, this is, bro. But this is why this is an important conversation that's right, right now. Because, yeah. That's why it's... The reason why yeah, it hits you in your 40s is because you start losing a lot of people. And, and, and then you realize, wow, we, we, have to, we have to take the time that we yes. have and we have to amplify it. We have a finite yeah. amount of time. Yeah, man. We have come full circle on this interview. We sure have. This better be one of your favorites. It better be. It was one of my favorites when you first sat down, you bastard. (laughs) I love you, man. I love Um, the Peter Griffin. I love you too, man. (laughs) (laughs) You bitch. But anyway, okay. All right. So so I love all that. Okay. Well, we got to move on. So listen, tell me about this other film. So I am, again, I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, you know, sour here because you almost got me in on this film and then it didn't work out the last week. Oh, that was a Dave Mason one. Which, by the way, you, you you may well that's no because Dave's going to score it because Dave's going to score from traffic. So, so but that's amazing. Yeah, of course, yeah. you should and score the re- it. So the reason why it's harder to get you in on these is no, because, because we have the most famous exactly. like session players. They're going right. to score it themselves. Tell us, tell us the one you're working on right now. <laughs> well, I, multiple. So we we have three three feature films. Oh that, Jesus, I didn't know you had three. Yeah, there's wow. three feature films that I'm producing, um, all at different stages. So. Um, you know, Trap Jazz is the the first jam card Ooh, is, is the That's first right. film by Jam uh, Jam Card that that we um, are you know well into, and I don't want to go too too far into that one just because you know we're we're not ready to really it. talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's going to be amazing. Um, but somewhere sick. in between all of that, um, I was affiliated with Dave Mason from Traffic. That's right, a Hall of Fame musician who's mm-hmm. just fantastic and wrote the the hit song "Feeling Alright" among others. Mm. We'll play with Jimi Hendrix, so many other things. He's a legend, <laughs> living legend, seventy three years old, and I've been humbly offered uh, the opportunity to produce his life story. Oh. And um, so I've got to know Dave, and this has been really great. This all happened through my connection to a, a documentary I'm producing uh, uh, that takes place in Ojai. Hold on. For Dave Mason, I'll be a grip. Bring me in and do something. I'll bring a coffee. I'll be the okay. coffee guy. Well, that, okay. Seriously. Well, we can do better than bring that. Bring me in for something. But, but hey, no worries. We'll get you there. Yeah, um, okay. So, but, so um, you're doing so the film that, now. That, that one is in the in the uh, kind of preliminary stages of fundraising and everything right now. It's okay. kind of ideation. Uh, we have a really amazing director, Jim Manera, who did, um, he directed and produced the Soundbreaking Doc series, you know, 13, 13 time Clio Award winner. Um, you know, amazing guy who has a really great vision for what this film is going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and then through that, that kind of led to the the doc that we just kind of catapulted mm. out into the world with, and that is it's called Immediate Family. Variety Variety Magazine just wrote a really nice write up mm-hmm. uh, about the the film. 
you know, we've been working on it for like the last five or six months and I'm partnered with Greg Richling, a uh, former uh, bass player, 20 years of the Wallflowers, <laughs> who's also an amazing um, executive music producer, but also film producer. Filmmaker, a lot of people yeah. don't know that about Greg, but Greg has a, a very storied history in film, um, even kind of before he got into music really by the way know? can't wait to school. meet him you we've had phone conversations yeah, together yeah. i want him you'll on the podcast yeah. we're gonna yeah. hang yeah you'll, yeah, yeah you'll totally meet greg yeah, yeah. greg is like a you know in a, in a lot of ways kind of like a savant the way his brain works is, is is wild um you know he's he's a fun one to watch just because his brain the way it fires you know and like his ideas and in the way he connects dots it's 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 pretty crazy and then our other producing partner his his um company partner john jonathan sheldon um, so those two guys, I partnered with them, uh, and, um, you know, Elmo, obviously jam card is a, is a part of this, but their company phonetic is, is going to lead out the project and jam card is, you know, one of the producing companies. Um, I'm the, you know, Jonathan and Greg and I are the lead producers. Uh, Elmo's, uh, in, in an executive producer suite with our friend Caroline, who's really amazing. We have an amazing team, but so immediate family is about the, um, session players behind and touring players mm. behind Carol King, um, uh, James Taylor, James Jackson, Taylor Brown, Jackson Brown, um, Phil Collins, all these people. Mm. Right. So, uh, it, it's a, it, it, um, legend hashtag legendary career musician, legendary, right? Here, here we go. Yeah, yeah. This is great. I mean, there, there could be a follow-up to this to where I bring them here and we do a podcast mm. about the movie with them, or at least a couple Amazing. of the guys. Well, we can go on their site. No, wherever no, no, for sure. Wherever, I may bring you, I actually may yes. bring you to set one day. Let's do that. Cause we're still filming. Oh. So to legendary yeah, career legendary. musicians. So let's talk about those guys. So we, what wow. we have is we have the movie is about these five musicians yeah. who have been playing together. At least four of them have been playing together for almost fifty years, mm. right? They, after all this time, have decided to create a band of their own called Immediate Family because mm. they're like Immediate Family. Sure. They've been playing together. By the way, so many so many examples of bands throughout the years who hate each other or mm. break up or are dysfunctional because mm -hmm. a band is like a family, right? Sure. So, so many examples of that. There's a show, I think, on like Axis TV that's all about the bands. Break. It's called that's Breaking right. Band. Break, and it's all yeah, about yeah, bands yeah. who break up, you know? Right. Uh, this is the um, ex example, the, the antithesis of that. It is that mm, these guys are not only still connected. playing together. These guys are still family. They're close. They're friends. 50 years. So you that's have Danny right. Korchmeyer, well known as Cooch, <laughs> who is one of the most prolific... Um, you know, session guitarist and touring guitarist of all time. But not not only um, it was he playing in studios and on tour with James and Carol and all these other people. Um, he was producing and writing these songs. The, the Don Henley album was several Don Henley albums, but he, th this is a guy who either co-wrote or wrote songs like Dirty Laundry and All She Wants to Do Is Dance, you know, albums like that, Into the Innocence, you know. Um, I was just talking to Shelly Yakis, the famous sound engineer the other day, who's about to come on as one of our interviews. Nice. He, he was the engineer for End of the Innocence. What an amazing album, by the way. If you haven't heard that album, End of the mm -hmm. Innocence. Wow. It is a phenomenal album with songs like Heart of the Matter, um, End of the Innocence, 
all she wants to do is dance. That's, I'm pretty sure that's on that album, right? That's right. Okay. Uh, Maybe I not. I might. I'm right probably going to get in trouble for that but one. This is Don. Oh, here, here we go. What's uh, on? Let's look. Let's look at this. What's uh, what, what are the songs I'm here? Right now. The I know songs, I nailed two the songs, of them. The songs. The songs. My brother got me into that. Here album. we go. And then of the innocence. How bad do you want it? I will not go quietly. The New last York minute, little guy. Okay. Oh no, it's not on here. No, it's part of the matter. Yeah. Heart, no, no, no. Heart of the Matter and Any of the Innocence were the two. Dirty laundry, Dirty laundry and All yeah. She Wants to Do is on another album. But, all She Wants to Do. Um, yeah, All She Wants to Do is Dance. Um, anyway, that's Danny. He's a producer extraordinaire. He's, a, he's an insane um, guitar player um, and songwriter. And then you got Leland Sklar, the famous Leland Sklar. So Leland many people know Sklar. because if you if you don't know him by name, you would know him by visual. He's he's the mm -hmm. the iconic white bearded mm -hmm. Gandalf of bass players, and one of the <laughs> most, if not the most prolific bass players, living or period. dead. Period. period. And you could literally look up some footage he's, of Leland Sklar right now killing that bass. I've yeah. never seen anything remotely close to right. someone doing the finger work on that. The closest I've seen uh -huh. recently was I went, Christian and I from Jam Car went yeah. and, and saw the band Jack Shit the other day at Baked Potato. And these guys, it, it, the two guys, the bass player and the drummer, the rhythm section are Elvis Costello's guys, uh, right? Oh my God, that bass player is no freaking joke. Stupid. I'm looking it's at stupid. them right now. Okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll and by the way, if you ever get a chance to see the Jack I'm shit, attach all of this to your episode. Wow. Your episode will have all of these links. Thanks for telling uh, everybody. Uh, so, 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 but here's the thing. When you scroll through these guys' mm -hmm. um, credits, because I'm Googling everything right. that we talk, the scroll doesn't stop. You know how you could scroll no, it on your mouse? No, scroll. The, the scroll I mean, it doesn't, doesn't stop. fucking stop. You keep scrolling and you never no, get no, to no, the no. bottom. You, you, you won't. And, and in our sizzle that we created when yeah. we went to Sundance and pitched the film, and yeah, we yeah. did really well in Sundance. And it's oh, some you, really did, great... you didn't tell me about that. Yeah, we went to Sundance. You told me when with, you left, we went but... to Sundance with uh, Danny and Wadi. Yeah. Um, so the other guys are mm. Wadi Wattel, mm -hmm. it, it's um, uh, Russ Kunkel. Mm -hmm. And then the other guy is kind of a newer guy named Steve Postel. Newer to them. I mean, he's been, he's played with David Crosby and a lot of other people, but that's the mm -hmm. immediate family. Um, and um, but yeah, we had a really great reception in, um, in Sundance. We have an amazing sales agent, sales agent is submarine entertainment. They just sold, you know, echo in the Canyon, the Linda Ronstadt, the Billie Eilish doctor. Okay, so amazing. Explain, explain that for the people who don't know, because now we're, now we're, uh, you know, uh, converging, uh, blurring the lines, so to speak of, of film and music, mm -hmm. um, which are a sales agent? Just to just to expound on that really sure. quickly. Tell tell the musicians well, who might not be privy. And, and this is kind of the beautiful thing about how my life has kind of turned out to where I've had this unique opportunity to work in really in the entertainment. You world. sure have, man. I I not only have I worked for you know newspapers and entertainment newspapers, and then also worked in for a record label and. Um, worked in kind of band management and done that kind of thing, but I've also um, got to work in the live space and with booking and 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 also you know um, you know the the promotions of all these live shows and events and that kind of thing, and then in the jam card, uh, and then as a songwriter and all that. But then when you marry that to film, mm. man, it, it, it's a wild ride, and they they go so hand in hand together because. You go watch a movie right now that's not a silent film and tell me that music is not such a key it's an component. Integral part. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you when Absolutely. you really when you really talk about it right now, the Joker, for instance, Joker was nominated for 
It's called Joker, I do believe. Yeah. Joker was nominated for Best Picture, right? Yeah. Best Director, Best Actor. Joaquin mm-hmm. won, right? Mm-hmm. The two Oscars they won were for Best for Best Actor, Joaquin, which if you've watched it, you'll know why. Mm-hmm. Nobody argued. Mm-hmm. Even Leo DiCaprio was like applauding and he had no resentment in his face because he knew, he I'm not going to beat this dude, yeah. right? That guy nailed it, you know? And the other Oscar went to the score because it was amazing. Uh, will you please look her up? Um, yeah. It was a woman. It was the first woman in 20 years to oh, win an Oscar. Gilder. Gil, uh, Hilder. 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 Hilder, yeah. Gildor is, uh, I think, from Lord of the Rings. Um, but you. Uh, <laughs> Stop, Jack. <laughs> Could you pronounce her last like name? I, I guarantee you 20 I bucks. Can, you, no, don't look at it. Don't look at no, it. No, I can't. You can't pronounce her last I can't, name. I can't pronounce it looking at it. <laughs> right. um, but it's okay. Yeah. Anyway. Hilder. Hilder is her name. Gunther. Uh, whatever that is. Whatever. And yeah, um, no offense oh, at all. She's but, amazing. Um, well, listen. So stoked for but, her. But, you know, here, here's the deal. That movie without that score is oh. not that movie. No, fuck it. It's, you know? it's, it's, and it Lolo, Lolo in the barbershop is not stop, Lolo in the barbershop so, without your score. But so it's kind. true though. Yeah, yeah, you're so and that, and that's the point. It's like the marriage of film and music is so yeah, so is. so important. It's and so that's why when integral. I was saying earlier, let's take it all the way back to the beginning yeah, of this yeah. podcast. And that is is that everything is poetry to me. Mm. It is everything: music, photography, nice writing, all of it. Nice. Right, film. It's nice. all poetry. It all dances together, man. Nice. And and if you can tap into that, you got it all, man. You, you got a fucking I palette. Concur. And I've had a beautiful life because of that. I concur. Ups and downs, all of the other, you know, the, the, the regrets yeah, aside, is is. this has been a beautiful life because of the art, man, because of the poetry. And the fact that I get to 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 work with people like you mm. um, and Johnny the over here. Feel, the feeling's know? mutual. There's also a little filmmaker back there. I see mm. Um, no, I already got Johnny working on guitar clinics for see, me. When go. I do my guitar clinics, he's going to come and shoot. That's my guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I knew that. The minute I talked to that kid, I knew. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm saying this now because I know Johnny's going to be accepting an award, probably an Academy Award. Probably like five, mm, maybe, maybe six. No, no, no. I'm giving him like six. So oh. I'm not saying you have to like okay. say anything about me on stage, but probably but you should. better motherfucker. Probably should be like Jack. <laughs> I'd like to thank Jack. I'm kidding. I'd like to thank Jack Pyatt. And oh, oh, and by and the no way, man. Nomad. And yeah, no yeah, yeah. Um, well, I'd like to thank Elmo Lovano, Jack. Oh, Jack Pyatt, Elmo Lovano. Hey, no, yeah, he doesn't, yeah. hey, no offense to Elmo, but Jack brought Jack first. Okay. Jack, Jack brought you in, buddy. That was an Elmo. Um, all right, yeah. we've got to wrap this up because I have some questions for forever, you. Forever, forever. Can I do rapid fire questions? Mm-hmm. You ready? Let's go. Drum roll, please. One, yeah. two, three. Favorite go. food? Uh, Quick, rapid fire. Anything. Favorite libation? Drink. Whiskey. Oh, a man after my own heart yeah. as we drink whiskey. How do you spend your free time as if you had any? <laughs> Make believe you had some. How would you spend it? It really all depends, but usually creatively. How do you en- what activities do you enjoy on long flights? On you got to fly flights? to London. What the hell are you going to do on the flight? Oh, Besides sleep, I was going to say if I could sleep, that would be the one. Yeah. Um, you know, reading or watching something, okay. maybe writing. That's I write it. a lot of poetry on flights. Actually, I wrote some really good poems on the way to Sundance. Actually, there you go. Yeah. What's the last song you listened to that you didn't have any affiliation with? In other words, a song that you didn't work on, you didn't write, you didn't produce, but a song Literally that you just, just listened to for fun. On the way here, it was called, it's called Mama. Here, let me pull it up real quick and I'll tell you. It's an amazing Mama, song. Mama, um, I just on, killed just a man. A Not that one. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it, it, it's called, uh, here it is right here. Um, well, we can't play it for a copyright reason, so just no, tell me what it is. It's called Mama, but by, um, uh, oh man, um, 
What's the name? Mama of the by Mama. Um, oh man. Um, okay. Where's my list of? Okay, uh, you're stalling. I know I'm stalling. It's called Mama. Okay. Um, and it's by a band. And it's an yeah, artist. it's a female singer. Uh, okay. She's amazing, and I can't find. It. I'm just okay. looking at my we Spotify can Google to it. see. Uh, but anyway, we'll Google it. Favorite okay. TV show currently. Currently or just all time? Well, all time. I don't care. Currently, all time. Deadwood, all time. Currently, marvelous, marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, marvelous! Give me some. Boom. Come nice on, smack. nice smack. Nice smack. That's an Fam- amazing show. Famous movie. I mean, favorite movie. Uh, currently, all time doesn't matter. Well, I, I mean, know it's hard to pick. Anybody? Who, no, no, no. It's not hard to pick for me. Okay. Um, Casablanca, hands down. Casablanca, I love yeah, it. Hands down, every time. Anybody knows me knows why. Now um, I know. No, no, don't take this the wrong way, but you have zero fashion sense. So shopping online <laughs> or brick and mortar? <laughs> Either I'm messing or. With you. No, no, no. You're not messing with me. And by the way, because I don't get two, you know what? Um, I uh, either or, man. Whatever works. Typically, brick and mortar only because I'm a, I'm oblong in my in my body. Mm. You know, I'm a, I'm a tall, yeah. lanky dude. You're a big frame dude. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you know, so uh, if I don't try shit on, if I buy stuff online, mm. it, I, it bites me. So. You know, yeah. Now you've had many amazing collaborations already, but if you had one dream collaboration, what would it be, dead or alive? Your boy, man, Babyface. Oh, you know he's my hero, man. Interesting. No, I mean, look that that guy. Your 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 guy, Babyface, man, is um, he's a hero to me in so many levels, man. And I would love to do something with him. I'd love to write a song with Babyface. I still want that to go down. Now I'm not in his band anymore. I'm no longer his music director, but. I still think that perhaps we can do that documentary with him. Yeah, well, I think that we'll, would be amazing. We'll, we'll circle back on that. But you, hopefully, to, fingers to your, crossed. To your question, I would love to. Uh, I'd love to sit down, spend a half a day with him, and write a song, man. You if know? that's not but that that day, cool. we went to his house and, yeah. we, and we spent like three hours. Four with hours him. there. It was like two, with Kimmy, him, him and I. It was like two guys geeking out on each other because right. of our. We're both from the. We grew up, by the way, mm-hmm. him and I, and I told him this. Fifty minutes from each. Isn't other. that crazy? In the like he Indianapolis, me outside Dayton, Ohio, yeah. ten minutes from Indiana. But him and I, the light in his eyes when we were talking about mm-hmm. how being in junior high and, and mm-hmm. how he told me how one girl, one girl one launched girl. a thousand songs. And Hope I know Hopkins. And, yeah, no, and I know all about that feeling of, yeah. of being that junior high kid while right. everybody else is worried about sneakers or mm-hmm. whatever the fuck they're worried yeah. about as a junior high kid. I just I was in love with just being in love and writing. And that's, and, and you guys really did connect because oh, wow, he has yeah. the same, we could have kept talking. That's, that's his, kept that's talking. his whole yeah. MO as well. All right. If you weren't a creative being, yeah. if you weren't doing what you do, writing poetry, making films, working in the music industry, what would you do? I mean, I probably something in the nonprofit lane, you know, just okay. helping, helping, uh, Build communities or getting my hands dirty, just helping somehow. You love know? it. Yeah. And finally, which I still do. Uh, I, I I love that. Finally, uh, the most ridiculous moment. <laughs> probably us, happened. Probably happened earlier today. <laughs> what are you talking about? Give us a ridiculous oh, scenario. A ridiculous moment. Funny, Funny, crazy, silly. I mean, I got memorable. Okay, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll give you this. I'm not going to go into the whole story because we don't have time and I don't want to. I, I'd like to just leave a cliffhanger here, but I got tasered. Cliff, I, love I got tasered at Frank Sinatra's house in Palm Springs. Enough said. Outside of Coachella. Nuff, that's amazing. <laughs> tasered at Frank Sinatra's house in Palm Springs outside of Coachella. Top that. By the way, it was because my buddy was throwing people in the pool. I, I just tried to stick Top up for him. I, I didn't do that. anything. I didn't do anything bad, but... Uh, 
but yeah, I did. Jack, I, you have been <laughs> perhaps the most exciting guest on the Career Musician Podcast thus far. Give me some. All right. Woo, Ooh, another good slapper. Smack. Good smack. Good yeah, smack. Yeah, bro. And we got what? We got some Lolo to go that's out. A great, it was a great intro for the movie. It's a great outro. It was outro too, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it could be outro for our podcast. I love I appreciate it. you, man. In the music industry, there are so many avenues to travel. Join host Nomad as he dives into the crazy world of entertainment, going behind the scenes to gain insider knowledge of how to maintain a healthy career in the biz. Follow The Career Musician on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on the latest news and get tips from the world's leading musicians. The goal of the Career Musician podcast is to provide valuable insight aimed at supporting working musicians. Please show your support by listening, downloading, subscribing, sharing, liking, and leaving a review. I'm just a nomad, nowhere man. Writing the songs in this one man band. I know Hey, this is Nomad, host and creator of the Career Musician Podcast, and I am thoroughly stoked to be an official member of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Pantheon Podcast Network is the first of its kind as an all-music-based podcast collective. Please be sure to check us out at pantheonpodcast.com for more info. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, the Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.